Yep. Give me a nod yeah, when you're ready. Shooter's ready. Stand by. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of 3GIQ. I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Gunlock, and we are joined here today by Parker Tomasi. Parker was previously uh, an interviewee on episode 24, where he talked about going rifle distinguished. Um, really good shooter, currently the operations officer over at Weapons Train Battalion Stone Bay. And at the end of this month, uh, Stone Bay is going to be putting on an intramural. This year, they have annually put on an intramural but this year it's going to be a bit of a different flavor so parker thanks for coming along and i would first question i have for you is just tell us about your intramural uh the format the dates styles of shooting tell us all about it sure thanks guys for having me on again i really appreciate it um yeah so we're excited to have to host these intramurals this year at stone bay um i'll give a brief overview of like the timeline just that way listeners right up front kind of know what 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 dates are associated with with what for the competition um and then we'll we'll get into talking about the styles of shooting and and like the planning process behind it all but definitely want to get the dates out so if they if they lose interest early on uh because i'm boring uh then uh then at least know what what dates they need to register by so um we're accepting registrations all the way up until november 22nd um we changed up so we don't have to do chow uh, procedures to bring in box chows for everyone. So we're basically going to release people for chow for an hour. So that'll allow us that that cancels the lead time that we need for the chows to allow us for last minute registrations all the way up until the 22nd of November. Uh, then we'll do some check-ins 22nd and 23rd and, and units and Marines can kind of pick any time any in, in that inside those two dates uh, to come down to stone Bay, check in, uh, turn in any weapons paperwork that they need to to store their weapons in our armory. Uh, we'll, we'll zero weapons early on, uh, the 22nd, 23rd. That way, once we get to the competition, uh, which will be the, the 28th of November through December 9th, um, that way day one of the competition doesn't have to be uh, focused on zeroing, which is uh, slow going. So day one and day two are going to be all ARQ and CPP. So it, annual rifle qualification and uh, combat pistol program qualifications for uh, pre-qual as we're using that as kind of an initial assessment uh, to get a baseline of where these shooters are at. Um, and then we'll go into two days. So day three and four uh, will be um, intermediate marksmanship techniques that'll be taught by our staff at Stone Bay. Um, that'll be a rifle and pistol, short and long bay. Uh, day five will be individual competition. So it'll be a, a mixture of um, USPSA style st stages, gas gun style stages. Um, that's all individual. Then we'll have uh, the weekend to break or as our inclement weather plan in case weather rolls in since it is still is hurricane season. Um, and then day six and seven, uh, we'll go back to ARQ and C uh, CPP to actual conduct a formal qualification so we can record those scores one that'll give the shooters and the marines uh their annual rifle and pistol qualifications so we can get that out of the way for them but then we can compare that uh final qualification score to their initial pre-qualification scores um just, just to assess and see see if our our marksmanship instruction um was actually giving them uh, advantages and, and benefiting them, the individual Marine. Uh, we're also going to use those ARQ and CPP scores for the final aggregate for the competition. So one, it'll, it'll make the shooters, you know, kind of care about that score a little bit too. Uh, and then the next day will be team, team competitions. So any, any team from, uh, or any unit that's hosting a team um, will be able to partake and, and, 
try and win a trophy back or or keep it if they have it already. Nice. And then and then day nine will be our admin day, weapons D issue, take all your weapons back to the to their your you know, units armory. And then day ten will be the award ceremony. So uh the the format really is is all action style shooting. The scoring system is not gonna be hit factor scoring. Um it's gonna be all time plus basically. Uh no no stages will have part times or anything like that. We're trying to keep it simple one for the shooter, but also for my range staff, for my ROs, because this is, for a lot of them, this is their first match that they are hosting. Um, so just kind of keep things simple. Uh, so yeah, the style and format, USPSA, two-gun, gas-gun type type stages. Um, and we are going to do some ARQ and CPP. One, we're mandated to by order, we have to, because um, it gives the commanders an incentive to send their Marines down to Stone Bay and one, compete, but also knock their rifle calls out of the, out for the year. I have a, a kind of a couple things um, that could potentially help. Um, so talk to Master Sergeant Capco from the Marine Corps shooting team. He may be able to give you a document, Excel document with formulas. Um, him and I were kind of talking about it whenever NCR was going on to where he, he was tracking the scores for the uh, prequel. And then they had all that training and then they tracked all the scores for the qual actual qualification just to see what the metric was and how much improvement there were in scores from prequel to qual, just so it kind can kind of give you a metric saying, Hey, my guys did this. So he may already have something pre-generated that you could potentially use if you don't have that. Yeah, I, that'd be great. I, I definitely don't. I am not a, I'm not an Excel guru. I like to, I like to try to be, but definitely not. Uh, so I'll be, I'll hit up Capco for sure. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and I had something else I wanted to say, and I'm drawing a blank now. Oh, yeah, I, I got it. Um, so am I correct with you saying that there's not going to be a part time at all? Correct. We're not doing part times. Um, so one one of the stages is going to be a little bit longer, and I know our our tar shot timers par out at two hundred. So, um, okay. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, um. I would at least have a part-time of like 180. Um, and the only reason why I say that is think about how many comp uh, competitors you actually have there. Think about the flow of the competition. And whenever you don't have those actual part-times, it, it can throw the flow off and it could back things up. And I'm just, I'm just saying this from a RO perspective and from a match director perspective, you want to have some kind of you want to have some kind of part time, even if it's a longer one. That okay. way, everybody, it, whenever you whenever you're calculating, like whenever I do matches, the way I kind of plan them is I want to try, I try and allocate. You know, if I have if I have ten squads or ten people per squad on a stage, I want to allocate six minutes per person. And that's, you know, a minute of getting them ready, a minute to two minutes of them shooting and another minute of resetting. Um, and then any time in between where, you know, people are taking their time. So you, you want to generally have it anywhere from three to six minutes uh, in between each shooter if it's only a 10 man squad. Um, so just just some considerations as you move forward. Um, just things I thought about as you were talking about it. Like I always try, you know, if I'm going to do a max part-time 180 to 240 as a max. Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely take that into consideration. Um, that's, that's definitely one thing that we're a little untested in mm -hmm. uh, maintaining a match flow. Cause yeah. we only do one or two matches per year. And then COVID kind of threw, threw some uh, gears into those or some wrenches into those gears. But um, yeah, definitely. Thanks. Thanks for that tip, man. Yeah, absolutely. And if you need anything like while you're you're going through it, or if you want any kind of, you know, I'm available to call uh, anytime, like while the match is going on, like if you just want something, hey, what do you think of this? Or even before it happens, just, you know, give myself, give me a call, let me know, and I'll okay. try and answer as best as I can. Definitely. Thank you. Um, yeah. Matt, quick question for you. Do you basically assume that every shooter is going to hit their part time, like hit the part time? I Yes, I do. In planning considerations, I actually do. If mm -hmm. if they're obviously below it, then great. But 
I always try and keep things moving um, because it's best for the RO staff and it's, you know, it keeps timelines moving. It, it's a measurable amount of time to where you can plan around whenever you're coming up with your match schedule. Right. And then like assuming that some of your shooters are going to shoot faster then that actually gives you a little more time to play with, which is also a good factor, uh, especially considering that we just had daylight savings time, Parker, and that it's going to be getting dark a lot sooner. Uh, you mentioned yourself that your staff's not super well-versed in this style competition. Um, so I try to stack the deck in your favor as much as possible. I remember the days of the tactical games before they had part-times. Dudes were literally taking like an hour to get... <laughs> Some dudes were getting in their cars and leaving in the middle of courses. Like that's how long it was taking some of those to uh to finish. But um, I, I guess my another comment is I can't help but notice the similarity between the intramural to the format of the uh <laughs> of the Micmic, which I think makes sense, right? Like you you guys are going to get a taste of the Micmic before they get to the Micmic, both in terms of instructorship, um, but also in terms of the format. Are you basically directing your shooters to the Marine Corps shooting team's um, rule book in preparation for the event? Is that basically what you're adopting? I thought you were going to be let, let me be the bad guy and ask this question. <laughs> what do you mean bad guy? If someone's, what's the mer- guys, it's the Marine Corps. If someone's done the work, why would you reinvent the wheel? Exactly. That You go to every new unit you show up to and you just you take off all of the documents from your old unit you r&d it rip off and duplicate hey hey matt you know who what a bad guy would be pretending that that stuff isn't out there already and making your staff make it from scratch that would be that would be that's that is truly villainous yes. like <laughs> once i put on oak leaves i'm gonna wear a monocle and go twirl, <laughs> twirl my handlebar mustache so i escape in my hot air balloon it's like aha you have to do stuff work from scratch aha. <laughs> anyway yeah, luckily i'm I've uh, I've lost my monocle, so. <laughs> oh no! Get another one from Sif. Um. Yeah. So we are. So the question was about the rule book, right? And the, and yeah, the format, so I like did inspiration. Yeah. yeah. It's... Exactly. So. Go ahead, Matt. No. So I'm saying I, I'm just going to scratch my my question away from why are we getting away from bullseye? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll talk about it for sure. Um. But yeah, so I, I did hit up uh, Master Sergeant Capco and, and Kathy Williams earlier uh, for the rule book because I think the the version I had was the 2.1, and I think they're on 2.3 or 4 now. Um, but they yeah, they sent that. I sent that off to our team, and uh, we've been we've been using that as our guidelines for one to catch up our our inexperienced RO staff up with everybody else. Um. And is just our our frame of reference or for our planning factors for the match. Nice, Matt. So, one second. My phone's going crazy. I'm sorry, people. Um. Yeah. So am I? Am I still asking my question, man, man. Frank? Yeah. Yeah. Hit, okay. go, go for it, All right. All right. Cool. I'll 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 be that guy then. Um. You know, obviously. There's a lot of us that did a lot of work. Some people look at us as assholes, bad guys, whatever you want to call it. Like we're we're taking a shift away from the, you know, high power and and bullseye disciplines, obviously. Um, And we didn't direct anybody, you know, whenever we were on the shooting team that they had to do the same thing. But obviously Stone Bay is taking a step to go more into the action oriented disciplines what what has that done for you guys and why have you moved away from those disciplines yeah and i think i think that's a great topic of discussion in any shooting competition atmosphere because shooting world has started to dive diverge into two different lanes mm-hmm. whereas action shooting and then the like the old school um, bullseye shooting um, so i'm gonna i'm gonna preface this answer uh with i grew up as a bullseye shooter um so that way all your listeners who are already bullseye shooters out there who are already starting to get pissed off at me um just know guys like i am a bullseye shooter i grew up doing 
three three gun or uh, sorry three position air rifle uh small bore international um and that that is what kicked off my my shooting addiction really um so i i fully appreciate the bullseye discipline um because bullseye solidifies marksmanship fundamentals and it it through that simple repetition of doing the same movement over and over and over and over again, um, obviously builds that muscle memory and it truly makes you an expert at something. Um, but it doesn't produce a stress response in the shooter. Um, for me, bullseye shooting is actually like a cathartic experience. Like it's going on the range and just doing the same repetition of the same thing over and over again is actually pretty relaxing for me. And like a bullseye competition is almost like range therapy. And that's, that's not what Marines need to be training to right now. Combat is not a relaxing event. So they need to be able to train under a stress response. So there's a difference between marksmanship and combat marksmanship. So with combat marksmanship, you know, we've, we've, you know, with the old ART, Marines would be trying to brag like, "Oh, I shot a uh, was it a, a was it three forty was high or was it four four forty? Was it max possible points? Yeah, was like max. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like when Marines like, "Oh, I shot a three forty. Can I be on your shooting team?" It's like, honestly, brother, like I don't, I don't care how high you shot with ART. I'm going to take you to the firing line. I'm going to give you a range, like a course brief, and I'm going to let you walk through the, the stage. And then I'm going to put you under, under pressure and say, do this as fast as possible. Oh, and by the way, there's going to be some mandatory reloads and target transitions and movement and entry. Um, beep, <laughs> you know, and, and that beep uh, makes people freak out. You know, you can even do something as simple as like an El Presidente, where it's a, it's a very simple um course of fire there's actually no movement you're just standing there and it's knowing two shots transition two shots transition two shots reload and do it again um it's a fairly simple movement and you watch these people who say they're a great shot oh i'm a good shooter and then they just unfold it's like okay yeah you are a good shooter in the sense that you're an accurate shooter when you're not stressed out so you've never been tested under pressure um, and I need you to be able to think like for combat marksmanship, I need to, I need you to be able to think under pressure, know how to manipulate your weapon, know how to move, um, and perform like performing in that sense that tells me who the good shooter is. Um, so again, like I kind of already mentioned it, like, how do we, how do we create that stress response in the shooter for combat marksmanship is, you know, the, the, I think the the shot timer beep was like psychologically engineered to make people for like have short term memory issues. Um, cause we've all been there, right? We have our stage plan and like, oh, this is easy. Like, I'm gonna kill this stage. I'm gonna burn it down, and that shot timer goes off, and you're just like, "What the hell what? am I doing? What am I doing again? Why am I here? <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> we've all we've all done it. We've all seen it. One, it's hilarious, and it sucks. <laughs> But it's a good training tool. Um, so with with the Marine Corps adopting the new annual rifle qualification course of fire, um, where they, you know, based off of their their capabilities based assessment and their shot analysis of lethal hits, um, it's no longer a 20 minutes, 20 rounds, take your time, breathe. It's hey, you got X amount of seconds, you got five rounds, you're at 500 yards. In this five shot engagement, I need you to land one lethal hit. Like that, like the Marine Corps is moving in the right direction in that. Uh, they're looking at AMTP, the Advanced Marksmanship um, Training Package, which is which is great. We we actually just sent a couple of Marines through AMTP, and they just came back one far more capable shooters, um, but also better instructors too. Um, so with with the Marine Corps moving in this direction. Um, we we have to jump on that bandwagon like that's that's one the direction the institution is going so we have an institutional obligation to do that but it's also the right direction um i don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to listen to the um 
the Brutecast podcast where they just had Colonel Jones and, and Gunnar Costa um, on talking about AMTP. And it's a, it's a very good listen. Um, obviously, Gunnar Costa is the marksmanship program management section. Um, and Colonel Jones is the weapons training battalion Quantico commanding officer. So these two gentlemen have one an entire career steeped in caring about marksmanship. But they're obviously they're in positions now to, to greatly influence the Marine Corps in the direction it should go in in terms of its marksmanship. So with all that going on, we're just reading the tea leaves in the Marine Corps. Um, to me, it was an easy choice of what direction we needed to go in. You know, the have something well i find it kind of funny but most people will probably like what the hell is wrong with this guy um you know so when at the height of covid whenever like it was on and off whether uh nationals was going to happen up at camp perry ohio i was joking around with one of the guys like you know what maybe we should go to uh, camp perry this year maybe they should host nationals because like if you look at the demographic of people at, at Camp Perry, oh, it's either really young people <laughs> or really old people, and, and like there's not much difference, you know. There's not much in between between the two. So like, and the majority of the people are all really old. So if they all show up to Camp Perry and they all die, Bullseye dies with them, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I mean, I, I I'll it, I guess it, it definitely isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's wrong to say, but you know, that's, that's what something that came to th uh, my mind, but I mean, I'll say, you know, and I've said it before, I don't necessarily hate it as a sport, you know, when it, whenever it comes to being a sport, like, Hey, you do you like, if you want to go shoot bullseye, like you're getting out there, you're shooting, you're doing something that you enjoy. But I guess my problem is in the Marine Corps, we have so much better training and we have, uh, we have something else that we can focus on. So why are we going to allocate our time to doing something that's not giving us any measurable difference in our abilities? Whereas if we do, you know, this combat marksmanship style of shooting, we are, we are absolutely doing something that is relevant to the way we fight. And, and it's tailorable. It's modular. Yeah. You know, you shoot the national match course of fire for the CMP. Cool. I've got it memorized. I know yeah. it. I can have yeah. done it a million times. But when I go to the match tomorrow, I don't know what the stages are going to look like till I walk on deck. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I have to have a skill library to be able to pull from. Like, okay, at this point, I need to be able to do this. I need to be able to, oh, I like, and, and practice certain skills like footwork, like listening to your guys' podcast with JJ. Um, footwork is, is huge in our sport. Uh, whereas bullseye, um, you don't want to have good footwork in bullseye. Mm -hmm. hmm. So interesting. Um, so the intramural has been bullseye oriented for the longest time at Stone Bay. How did you sell this change to your battalion commander? And what advice would you give to individuals that are in the fleet trying to sell their commands on the benefits of practical shooting? A lot of commanders, like my my battalion commander at Eighthcom, had never done this before. Uh, I took him out to the range a few times and we just kind of did some training. And he eventually showed up to a match, but it was definitely like, it definitely took some time and persistence in order to get him to like see what it was all about. Yeah, that's that's a challenge because without commander's buy-in, it ain't happening, right? Um, so that's very, that's key. Um, luckily for pitching this change, I almost I didn't even have to pitch it. Um, I showed up to Weapons Training Battalion in uh, June or July of this year, and a couple weeks later, we got a new battalion commander. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel James Geiger uh, checked in and, and took command of the battalion. Uh, there's two Lieutenant Colonel James Geigers in the Marine Corps, by the way. Uh, they are actually both James M. Geigers. Um, one is a CO up at SOI here on the East Coast, and so... Lieutenant Colonel James M. Geiger Jr. <laughs> is is our CO down at Stone Bay. Um, so if if anyone's looking in the gal uh, to yell at or to to tell him I, I screwed this podcast up, just James M. Geiger Jr. Look for that one. Um, but yeah, he got to Weapon Training Town about two weeks later, and he's an infantry marine, and he is entirely focused and passionate about boosting the individual marine's lethality. Um, that was his number one priority. And that's my number one priority. And his 
willingness to like he he, is, he isn't a competitive shooter in this in that sense but he's an open book in that like okay i know what i don't know and i know what skills my people have to be able to foster this what i want so who do i need to leverage right um, he knows my background as a competitive shooter and he's he's put a lot of trust in me in hosting this uh, match so it's one it's refreshing to have a commander that has your back in everything you do so i know if i make a decision that may be unpopular or i might need the weight of a silver oak leaf um, i'll have it so uh, for marines who have skeptical commanders uh, and I'm not saying this in a bad way because, you know, skepticism is the chastity of intellect. It's a, it's a good thing. I, I want people to be skeptical of new things. Um, so that skepticism is founded because th this isn't something that many people are exposed to. But for me, the easiest way to break through that skepticism is to expose them. You don't need to try and do like a nice formal brief with great PowerPoint skills and, um, and all this research and data and data points and say why we need to do this and why we need to do that. It's simply put on a live fire range, go out, invite your CEO and he can either observe or they can, they can participate, whichever. Um, watching USPSA or, you know, this action style shooting from a tactical standpoint, if you show up to it as a tactician and you look at, you know, the the professional side of the competitive shooting sports it's easy for marines and and dod service members to see a lot of or perceive a lot of training scars and i get that especially like things with like three gun like we don't abandon our weapons i, I get it um but put your co on the x give them a brief give them the course of fire the second they hear that beep like we, we talked about earlier like they're going to blank out they're going to bumble through the stage at the end of the stage there's a light bulb waiting for them. Uh, they're going to be like, okay, there's something to this. Even if, you know, remaining tactical, having, um, being, being doctrinally sound, not doctrinally bound is important. Um, so staying tactical in the things that you're training to, uh, but still going out with these action style shooting uh, courses uh, will, your CEO is going to that there's there's a tapped potential in this um i also recognize a lot of a lot of units probably don't have the instructors or the marines with those skill sets to host that kind of training um and obviously we we as planners and we as leaders have to minimize unnecessary risk wherever um and if we don't have the personnel to do that safely then i i get it a commander's not going to buy off on that kind of training so the solution for that is hit us up contact weapons training battalion we have the ability to send out mobile training teams with our mtu cadre and they will come to your unit and they will help you host that kind of training safely to expose your co to it to get him to or them to foster that that participation and get that commander buy-in so okay. call us yeah so, that's awesome um sorry matt quick thought um what parker said about getting your co out is really important like have everything ready for him. Give him his own pistol, give him his own belt, have the mag loaded, make it so easy for him to just like put the stuff on and go shoot. Um, but also like knowing what COs go through, because Parker, you were a company commander. Mm -hmm. I was a company commander. I've seen enough of what battalion commanders go through. Like they don't get, they don't have a lot of time to do cool Marine shit. Um, like, so if they get a chance to go see the Marines in the field or go uh, throw some rounds downrange, then you're getting them away from their office and they're most likely going to take you up on that offer. They'll love you for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, get, yeah, absolutely. Get them, get those guys and gals out of their office. Yeah. Do, do them a favor and get them away from their office, please. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you mentioned something in there and, and you don't know this yet until about now. I'm, so tomorrow, you know, it's, it's Thursday night here. Uh, but on Friday, our episode on training scars uh it, which is heavily debated is coming out it's called the uh, what do we call that episode again something of uh entertainment the, the dark, dark side, side of entertainment, entertainment. Yeah, and good. and training scars is mentioned so uh tomorrow i highly uh i i think you should really listen to that because 
it's a good one and it's a spicy one like we had mike panone on again and it, it was a really good episode um but kind of move, moving along um so you know how are you communicating with other commands that this isn't just the same old style of intramural and that there are that there are benefits for their marines to attend the event and i know you kind of hit on some of those there and you know it was kind of funny that you know we were talking before this but you know i had a friend i was talking to this weekend they said you know that they weren't going to be able to go and all of a sudden their battalion commander said no we are absolutely going we can put together a team we're getting Marines out to that intramural event. It's it's a training opportunity that we can't pass up. Yeah, that's that's definitely been the the messaging piece or the the information campaign. Um, that's that's a challenge uh, because these commanders who have been around for a while, who have seen the old style of competitions, and they've seen the the one handed pistol bullseye competitions. Um, I won't share my thoughts on those, but. Uh, yeah, you're, you, you look at that and like, okay, what skill is this giving my Marine? Why am I going to give up a Marine for two weeks to learn how to do this? Um, so that's been a challenge. Uh, I, I do feel uh, this past couple of weeks, I've, I felt like a telemarketer or a, a door-to-door salesman, uh, just calling up people. Uh, our, our CO and our gunner went up to the Combat Marksmanship Symposium up there in Quantico uh, last month, not to talk about this, but uh, just more more institutional level stuff, but uh, sharing some lessons learned from other other FMTUs. Um, Colonel Mitchell invited me to go to, or I got an invitation, and Colonel Mitchell was was kind enough to give me five minutes of briefing time at the Second uh, Division's Operations Bureau, and so I got to sit in front of all of the divisions uh, worth of opsos and say, "Hey, here's here's what Stone Bay is putting on. Here's what we can do for you." Uh, and by the way, guys, like you are the infantry, you are the primary customer for this. Uh, so we got to do that, and if if the if the CEOs are getting it from my CEO and the opsos are getting it from me, and they come together and they're they start talking the same words along the same vein, you know that 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 seed is going to get planted and bloom very very quick. Uh, we also uh, Mickey East just had their warfighter symposium, so for all the company level leadership to come out and and learn what kind of range capabilities uh, from an installation level that Camp Lejeune has. Uh, we, we attended that and uh, our CO and gunner and, and ops chief got to, to talk to a bunch of company commanders and say, Hey guys, like your CO and your opsos are aware of this, bug them, bug them about it. Let, you know, register that demand signal. If, if, if they don't know you're interested in this, they're not going to really care. But if, if they hear it from us and then they start hearing it from you, you know, that you're, you're going to probably get them to buy in for that. Uh, we've had numerous team captains meetings uh, in person and we recorded them and uh, put them on teams because technology is a pretty cool thing. So we've, we've recorded all of the team captains meetings and put them on our public teams page. Um, through the, the local shooting network here at Camp Lejeune, I think Frank, you started the Camp Lejeune shooters signal chat that we, that we're in. Um, so we're just hitting guys up on there and, I know a lot of them have PCA or P PCS or EAS, but uh, the ones that remain, just hey, talk to your command, see who's interested. Because the young Marines, like, okay, who doesn't want to go out and shoot? Oh, and by the way, it's not tables three through six. It's something different. It's gonna be it's it's a new flavor, and you're gonna learn some pretty darn relevant skills. Like, yeah, who doesn't want to do that? Infantry to admin. Um, we've been yeah, we've been calling commands from the opso to opso, commander to commander. Um, even, even just talking shit like, Hey, uh, two twenty second muse hosting a team. Why aren't you 24th, 26th? Like, come on, muse. Why aren't you putting a team together? You'd be damned if you let the 22nd beat you. Right. So just kind of fostering that competitive nature between Marines. Um, we've been doing that as well. Uh, one of our selling points for them is, is what, you know, what benefits, you know, why, what's what with them? What's it, what's in it for me? What's in it for the Marine? Yeah, we they'll get their ARQ and CPP uh, qualifications for the year, but uh, they're they're going to have some really good skill sets to be able to take back to their commands and host their own training and pass these skills along to their Marines. 
uh, as well as we shoot just bragging rights. Who doesn't, who doesn't like having their name on a trophy? Well, commander doesn't like being able to tell his regimental commander or division commander and say, Hey, sir, we, we, we've owned this trophy for the past five years. Uh, and we got to keep it for another six year, right? Like our, our, our unit name is on this trophy. Who doesn't like that? Well, Marine doesn't want to go out and win something. Right. So don't that, we, don't we have a, don't we have a publication on that? Weird. Uh, that's, that's awesome, dude. Um, yeah. All, all the things that you're doing are absolutely fantastic. Um, it's exhausting. Yeah. So I think what, what you're touching on is like, uh, I guess a, a, a decent part of officership is salesmanship, right? Like getting out there and being able to articulate the benefit, like the what, like the what's in it for me. That's such a big part of being effective in the Marine Corps. But what you're doing too is like you're not just content to like get something in a newsletter and send out a bunch of emails. Like you're actually going out and talking to people, um, which is great. Um, I'm excited to see the turnout for your event. But really, that's what you got to do. Too many people are just like, oh, I sent them an email. I was like, that. You know how many Marines I've walked past with like 500 unread emails. It's just gotten worse since we have like cloud-based storage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, prior, coordina- prior coordination has been conducted. Yeah. Re- has it? You, you know what you I sent did? sent him a text. There were times whenever I would come off a of leave where I would just hit delete. Not all the time, but sometimes because it's like, this is old. This is old. This is old. I talked to him. This is old. This is old. Lost in translation. Like people's inboxes get flooded and they don't mm-hmm. take the time to read. Especially busy people like XOs commanders opsos mm-hmm. like yeah they're they're only focusing on the important stuff which is relevant to them yeah but if you can get face to face with them mm-hmm. and make one you can hear the passion in your voice about what you're talking about and what this provides them that's that's a huge huge uh one it's a, it's a salesman technique and i i hate saying that because i hate used car salesmen um but yeah you, you have to be able to sell it yeah Absolutely. Face-to-face phone calls, infinitely better than just sending a text or an email. Um, but we talked a little bit about this, but could you detail the process of working with range control, your battalion staff to prepare for this particular event? We're going into this, were you the only one on your staff with any action experience? And if so, how did you communicate the intent of the event to your staff? Yeah, that's that's been fun. Um, having uh, Chief Warrant Officer Four Gunner Brown, uh, a thirty-year gunner, uh, the dude, the dude breathes all things weaponry. Um, he's been invaluable. He is he's forgotten more about weapons than I will ever learn. Uh, so he's he's been super invaluable uh, for our, our planning process. Um, we've been working with him to ensure that all of our courses of fire adhere to the SDZs for our ranges. So we're not like we, yeah, we got to put on some good training. We got to do it safely first and foremost. Um, and it, in the event that something that we're planning out requires a, a deviation of some sort, either be a, you know, caliber SDZ reduction or APL reduction, something like that. Um, then we have that, we identify that early enough, 90, hundred days out. So we can communicate that to range control, get the proper deviations submitted on time and, and approved by the proper people. Um, the good thing about Stone Bay is uh, we're, we're very self-sufficient in, in a range operations perspective. All eight ranges aboard Stone Bay, like we, we hold the scheduling rights for, and we can design our own courses of fire as long as it falls within the Camp Lejeune range regulations um that's then we can execute accordingly so that's that's really nice being a being a unit that's self-sufficient like that um but you know kind of sitting down it's like okay we know that we are tasked to host the intramurals and the mcmick competitions every year you sit down at your desk as a planner you're like okay where do i start right you've got to put pen to paper sometime and you're kind of like looking at this massive massive burger in front of you like how do you how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, you got to start somewhere. So backwards planning, having a vision of what you want your match to look like. Um, and then you, from there, you have that vision. That's your first step. And then you assess what your capes and limbs are, what capabilities and limitations do you have? What personnel do I have? What resources do I have on hand? 
What personnel do I not have? What resources do I not have that I need to get to make this? Um, so one of those early on identified is, is yeah, we, we do have some from range officer, not Marine Corps range officer, but just um, range officer cadre. We do have a couple of guys in our battalion who are fairly familiar with that, but I can't use all of, they can't be on every single range all day. Like we have to have a, a we have to be able to rotate them. So having to train guys up. So that's, that's definitely a personnel limitation that we have the shortfall. Uh, but luckily I'm not the only person on staff with some comp competitive shooting experience. Um, a I'm lot sorry. of our range. Master and Andre Mortala. I know whenever he was uh, over in Texas, him and I yep. were talking some, mm -hmm. and I mean, like we mentioned it before, that guy's a workhorse. He's awesome. Oh, I worked with him when we were stop, both. Yeah, yeah, I, I worked with him when he was a staff sergeant. Mm -hmm. Awesome dude. Um, mm -hmm. and I think having somebody at his level with that experience, you know, it's gonna help. Yes. Yeah. It helps having two two of the more senior members in the battalion who speak that language mm -hmm. um, so that Marines can come to either of us for questions and we're going to, we're going to give them the same answer. Um, but yeah, we, we do have quite a few Marines in our range staff and our uh, marksmanship training unit staff that shoot competitively. Uh, one, one of note is Sergeant McIntyre. He has been kind of the mad scientist behind this. Uh, he's, He's the guy who's getting it all done, basically. Uh, I kind of gave him creative freedom to uh, design a lot of the courses of fire. And um, he's been hosting range officer classes for our staff based off of the Marine Corps Action Shooting Rulebook. Um, and we're using that as our guideline, but um, he's been hosting those classes and you know catching our guys up. So... Uh, it's been it's been fun. It's been a challenge for sure, um, because I know in my head I know what I want and I know what I want it to look like. But being able to communicate that effectively to my staff um, has been a challenge. Like it, it's definitely highlighted some some weaknesses and shortfalls in in my own personal um, professional abilities. But it's been a good exercise to to make me get better at it. So definitely something I, I i still need to work on being able to communicate my intent as an opso uh, much more effectively but it's been fun the good thing about it is that you're getting over all this within the first months of you being the opso so i mean you guys are gonna you're probably gonna learn some things from this evolution but going forward your staff's gonna be that much more locked on for future events so it's awesome to yeah, even, yeah and even even small things like like matt saying hey by the way you said don't use a part-time but highly recommend and here's why like yeah absolutely i guess what didn't have to think about it i'm gonna use part-times now so thanks matt hey no problem that's what i'm here for <laughs> your beard looks amazing by the way like Wait, can we get you to say part-time sponsored by 3g iq <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. um matt did you did you retire and then just wake up the next day with an incredibly thick beard i wish it was uh that easy but no, no um, it seems like it was overnight <laughs> I I, wa I, wa I watched it. I watched it happen in flipbook fashion. So it wasn't overnight. <laughs> it's it's blossoming just nicely. It looks good. It, it, there's probably a lot of bourbon mixed into it at this point. So um, you're saying it tastes good and it smells good too? Yes, absolutely. Seasoned. Yes, it's a seasoned <laughs> beer, like some ginger with some white, you know, to show the age a bit. Mm -hmm. Age equals wisdom. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it works. I know a lot of old people who are stupid, but <laughs> um, also true. Yes. Uh, so we already mentioned that you're going to be using your your staff to be the ROs. So my question is, how are you adapting them to become ROs? What kind of training are they receiving? Obviously, you have some guys who are competitive shooters, but what what part are you guys playing in in making them proficient yeah so this is this is one thing that we kind of leaned into fairly early on um we were able to send two of our marines to amtp because soi has the ability to to run that course now so we sent them up the street and sent two marines through that um and we also sent three marines to micmic ncr these past couple weeks uh so i think frank you might have you might have ran into a couple of them um yeah you mentioned their names yeah, so and we, we sent them up there. One, 
they they're good marines they've been working hard for us so it's like hey here's a reward uh, to be able to go do this but also by the way take notes take notes not just on your own personal skills to get better but take notes of you know observe how is the how is the range ran how are they how are they doing rotations um, so if, if you can look at how something is is executed and kind of take notes in that sense come back and and guess what guys we're going to be using you fairly heavily um to to make this thing go smooth and it was a sergeant and two lance corporals and one of my one of the one of the biggest joys i get out of being a marine and being a leader is getting the opportunity to give my lance corporals the opportunity to it to, to to shine because i i think they're very often overlooked and underutilized and it's like hey lance corporals can do some very amazing things and by the way they're gonna host and they're gonna run the base the camp lejeune base intramural marksmanship competition and it's gonna like i'm gonna have lance corporals up there being ro's because guess what they now have the skill set they're capable of learning we taught them um and they're they're executing with some vigor so that's been fun to watch Watch them develop. Yeah, McIntyre has been holding some more RO courses uh, to spin them up. Uh, but later next week, we're going to do um, some dry fire and live fire rehearsals of not just, hey, as an RO, here's how you make you know m- make sure that the range is safe. You know, you should be the last one to walk up once everyone's everyone's done pasting, so you can make sure that there's no one hiding behind a, a blue barrel. Um, so you call the range clear and you tell the the shooter, shooter, make ready. And all right, are you ready? Stand by, beep. Shooter, if you finish on low, show clear. I see clear, slide down, hammer down, holster. Like we all know that we can regurgitate that. That's easy. But it's the other things too. Like, hey, how do we set up a range? How do we set up a course of fire? It's not CPP or ARQ where there's target carriages. And we need to be able to read a, a blueprint from a, a um, range diagram and transfer that to reality. So we'll have a, you know, having teams of people out with some, some in, environmental friendly orange um, in surveyor t- uh, paint to go mark mark stuff out preemptively, and then people follow and trace behind them with with uh, target uh, target stands or shooter boundaries or you know target boxes, things like that. So we're gonna do some some range setup and tear down rehearsals. We're gonna do uh, live fire, actual like running marines and competitors through the courses of fire, and then flip flop, and then tear it down. All right, set it up, do it again. You know, we're, we're going to be doing those kinds of things uh, here next week. We, we luckily have Marine Corps Ramadan of, of veterans day, the ball uh, Thanksgiving, all that time frame is our range complex is cold during those three weeks. So we have that time to, to um, dedicate to making our Marines capable of ROing this competition for the first time. Yeah. Awesome. Frank, awesome. I have a follow-up, but I, I think we might have the same thought in mind with the next question. Uh, so go ahead, ask yours. And if mine, if it's not in line, uh, I'll ask my question. Okay. Appreciate that. All right, man. I mean, this is a huge undertaking. Um, I can tell just from hearing you talk about all the planning steps and everything you've had to do to get your people ready, how much work you put into it. So I'm excited for this event. What you're an option. You're already looking into the future. I know that. What other projects related to competitive shooting do you have planned in the future for weapons training in Stone Bay? Yeah, you're gonna make a good opso one day because yeah, it's not about tomorrow. It's about tomorrow's tomorrow, right? Yeah. Man. Um. So yeah, we got the the the, the close fight is uh, is intramurals, but I'm already I'm already looking past that. Um. So yeah, we we definitely have a lot of stuff uh, working. So we're trying to broaden the spectrum of the special targetry that we have. Um, we do have a lot of steel. We do have, we have the ability to, um, you know, do things like plate racks and various size steel at dis- distances for, for long range rifle stuff or uh, pistol plate racks, things like that. We just got a, a pretty large order of some new steel because our old steel was unserviceable. Um, we got some target hit indicators. So the, those magneto speeds, nice. um, those, you know, magneto speed type items where it, you know, attaches to the, to the, the steel and, it blinks real, real bright, so you can see it. Um, getting some tablets, so submitting IT waivers to get new tablets, so we can actually start running practice score. Um, building some new firing platforms, so those are, those are all things that we're doing, 
um, on the range side, like the actual um, conduct of range operations. But more importantly, we're we're looking at hosting quarterly competitions because I mean, you guys have you guys have all been to a million competitions and match directed competitions, and it shouldn't. It's not a. It's not this big logistical burden that a lot of people think it is. I mean, yes, it is, it's especially larger matches. It can be. But just hosting a, an easy, short weekend competition, it's it's easy. Um, so why, why can't we do that? Let's let's host, let's have Weapons Training Battalion host a quarterly intramural competition. And it culminates at the end of every year in the annual intramural competition. Let's, let's do stuff like that. So we're, we're exploring those ideas. Um, but also ARQ is, is literally less than 50% of what we do at Stone Bay. Yes, we, we host the annual rifle qualification of all of 2MEF. So every Marine and sailor who needs rifle qualification comes through us every year. Um, and that totals about 16,000 Marines every year, trying to up that number. But also in our other satellite ranges, we had over 22,000 Marines receive additional training um, on our ranges. So that looking numbers wise, it's, it's more than half of what we do. So we're looking at increasing the capabilities of, of what the Stone Bay range complex can provide the small unit leader specifically. Uh, Cause we have a lot of small ranges. We actually have a lot of training areas, not a lot. We have three training areas where a squad leader can take his squad out and start working some patrols some defensive positions, getting his guys to do a defensive fire plan sketch, uh, train to those one through 3000 level TNR standards. Um, I think that if we're able to do this, um, will help with it, it's, it's obviously I'm, I'm kind of stretching this, but like NCO retention, any, any, uh, CEO's exit interview that I've done as a company commander, it's like, Hey, like, why, why are you getting out? You're a great corporal, man. Like, we'd love to keep you. What, why, why did you decide to get out? And a lot of the corporals will say, I haven't been given the opportunity to be a corporal, or I don't feel like I have. I um, mean, NCOs just want an NCO. It's like, well, cool. Stone Bay Range Complex can give that to you. Uh, come out here and be a sergeant. Take your Marines out, and yeah, take them out to the field for a couple of days. Um, if you don't want to sleep in the field, fine, cool. We have barracks. You stay in the barracks. We have a chow hall. We have a gym. We have showers. We have an armory. We have magazines. We store all your ammo. Uh, we can do all of that aside from picking you up. We don't have a motor T section, but you get yourself here. Um, this is a little paradise for you. Uh, so we're, we're really looking into a lot of that for that, that smut kind of stuff. So, Well, that kind of stole my uh, follow on question and that's kind of what I wanted to hear. Um, I mean, I guess plainly poking it, putting it, Camp Lejeune does not have a lot of opportunities for local multi-gun USPSA uh, action style discipline matches. And there needs to be more opportunities. Like I can go anywhere in Virginia and shoot a USPSA match. I can drive, you know, a few hours up North and be in either Maryland or Pennsylvania and shoot a three gun match. You know, I typically drive four hours south to go shoot a local three gun, which is down in North Carolina. And, you know, that's because those are good matches there. And it would just be really nice to see a really good match down by Camp Lejeune, like a really good match down by Camp Lejeune for those Marines to participate in. That way they're not driving hours away, you know, trying to get some trigger time in. Uh, so mm -hmm. no, that's, that's awesome. That's kind of what I wanted to hear. I want to, I want to hear about opportunities for people to, to hone their craft. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, obviously this is something I'm very passionate about. I've, I think I've been placed in this billet, uh, for a reason. Um, and I'm going to take my passion and try and translate it to, um, benefiting the, the young Marines. Cause, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm a major, you can look up the DOD pay charts it's 
it's it, this is an expensive sport and if i'm driving to sir walter every other weekend for three hours which by the way frank i'll see you there next week or uh, in december sorry december yeah yeah but like ammo match fees gas time away from family which we're we're marines we already are away from family quite a bit and so when you're home for the weekend the wife and the kids want you home for the weekend so be like having to take an entire day three hours to sir walter shoot all day it's a hundred dollar match fee i'm spending a hundred dollars in ammo and gas and i'm a i'm a lance corporal i'm a i'm a corporal are you kidding and i gotta come home and i, I finally get home and saturday's gone and then the you know, wife builds resentment or things like that it's just it's just not a good it's not a good all-around picture so trying to try to make those those that soil a little bit more fertile for us uh, so we have an opportunity to do that. So CEO's on the same page as me and uh, we're going to work our butts off to make that happen for sure. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, we appreciate all your efforts and I think your event's going to go off awesome based on all the time and attention and effort you're putting in. If I'm a Marine, I just heard about this intramural and there's still time to sign up. Who do I reach out to? Yeah, great, great question. Because if we don't talk about that, then what's the whole point of this podcast, right? Um, so obviously we have to, there, there's a, there is paperwork side to this. This isn't, this isn't personal weapons, personal ammo kind of thing. This is Marine Corps issued weapons and ammo. Um, so we do need to have the proper, uh, legalities in place when, in terms of storing other units weapons in our armory. So, um, to get all of that information. If you go to the Weapons Training Battalion public teams page and the public SharePoint, we have all of the coordinating instructions up there on the Mickey East G1 publications library. They have the um, Bulletin 3591 that they they sign out every year That because this is the CG's match, General Nebel. So that's his tasking for the match, basically. Um, and you'll see templates for the letter of authorization, temporary storage of weapons, the detail roster so we can get anybody who uh, who needs chow um, and the you know weapon serial numbers obviously so RCOs and SCOs and all those things we've got to get those serial numbers captured accurately uh, keyword accurately uh, LTI PFI sheets those all got to be turned in um, if units need to be or uh, need weapons or they need billeting we have the ability to issue out weapons and um, house Marines on Camp Le or on uh, Stone Bay. Our barracks can fit about 400 Marines. Um, so if they if there is a unit who needs to travel down here, or even like say a, a young Marine from two two, like we already have to be on the range early to um, you know to beat the sun up. I'm sure he doesn't want to wake up an extra 30 minutes to drive the 30 minutes down to stone Bay. If he wants to sleep at stone Bay, we have barracks for him, get a little bit extra sleep, hang out. Right. Uh, we can do that. So, uh, our public team, public teams page, our SharePoint, um, and then also, uh, on practice score. So every we are going to score the match through practice score this year to get instant results. Um, so competitors just log into practice score. It's P-R-A-C-T-I score.com, register, and then in the matches box, just type in FY23, and two matches will pop up, uh, Far East, which is Okinawa, and FY23 uh, Mickey East Intramural Marksmanship Competition. That's us. Um, all of those templates for all those documents I just discussed are on there. Um, if they want to, if they still have questions, if they still have unique situations or circumstances, um, give myself or Master Sergeant Moratala an email or a phone call. Our numbers are on our SharePoint pages, but um, I'm I, I'm the only Major Tomasi in the Marine Corps. Um, Master Sergeant Moratala is the only Master Sergeant Moratala in the Marine Corps, so we're easy to find on the gal. Um, my office phone number, 910-440-1600. Uh, give me a call. Now, if after all that and... You guys have a social media page, don't you? We have a Facebook page, yes. Now, could they reach out via Facebook? They can reach out via Facebook, send us a messenger. Um, I, I have the rights to the account. Our sergeant major does too. And I think one other person. But if I obviously, if it's a shooting-related question, I'll answer it. I'll reach out. Awesome. 
Awesome. So there you have it. Um, if that all sounded intimidating, that's the exact same process you got to go through for the actual mic proper. Um, it's not bad. You just have to have all your ducks in a row, like get your weapon serial numbers and your DIPIs and all meal card numbers ready and just hammer out the paperwork. The problem yeah, is we, you, have the, we have the templates done too. So it's just plug and play. Yeah. It, you guys do make it like really convenient and user-friendly. Um, and the fact that it's on teams means that anyone can get it. So Parker, I'm excited for your event. Um, you know, we'll probably, we'll probably have you on again to talk about how it all turned out. Um, but Anything else that you would like to leave with the listeners before we sign off? Um, no, guys, I, I really appreciate you having me on again. Um, this obviously won't be released today, but to all the Marines out there listening, we are recording this on November 10th. So happy birthday, Semper Fi, gentlemen. Um, pour one uh, out for pour one out for Chesty. Yeah. But, uh, there's, there's nothing I would rather be doing on the Marine Corps birthday than discussing and forwarding the marine corps combat marksmanship efforts hell yeah yeah that's no better no better way to end the episode right to our listeners appreciate your time if you're a marine in the camp lejeune area get your ass over to intramural thank you for listening and let us know how we're doing